Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, where, as normal, we'll be giving you our thoughts on important matters around the hotel and investment space uh, over the next 20 minutes or so. Um, our thoughts this week coloured somewhat by recent uh, visits to uh, industry events, and uh, both of us uh, attended recently the Manchester Hotel Conference, amongst others. Uh, us being me, Chris Bound, the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm also joined here today by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. And the first uh, issue we're going to be talking about is the fact that despite all this sort of doom and gloom that's all around us and uh, government shilly-shallying, certainly in Britain, on what their strategies and plans are, uh, it would appear that by and large uh, travel and tourism and and staying away in hotels seems to still be uh, top of the tree for most consumers as f when they when they think about their spending over the next few months and uh, the industry appears to be remarkably resilient in the face of such words as the uh, you know worries about the uh, impending cost of living crisis so your your tins of beans and your pints of milk may have gone up but never mind you're going to trim in other areas because you're going to carry on still wanting to get away on that break, get away on that holiday. And uh, we've heard some numbers from um, PricewaterhouseCoopers or PwC, as we should now be calling them, uh, and some thoughts also from others in the sector about why that is and why this time around um, consumers are carrying on spending on hospitality. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it goes what we were talking about last week on the podcast was this um, the, how the correlation between GDP growth and demand for hotels is increasingly weak. And um, it really, I don't think GDP growth is necessarily a very good indicator for what the health of our sector is going to be like. And we suggested, or at least I suggested in the commentary I wrote um, for Hotel Analyst's perspective, um, was that much better looking at stuff like unemployment rates rather than GDP growth. So really, this is a reiteration of that. It, it, it's not it is in no longer the economy stupid um, um and in fact it's you know unemployment that matters and other factors that matter more um and i think this is i think this is an evolution of where uh travel and tourism has got to in terms of that critical part of um, consumer needs um and desires and it's on the desire spectrum at that you know if you're going back to maslow's hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. is that self-actualization piece um so that's where we are so but 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 um you know this is not to suggest that the performance of the sector is not um entirely detached from what's going on in the wider economy of course that isn't the case um and uh, i think you mentioned where when we were up at the um, annual hotel conference in Manchester and uh, the big chat there was you know what's going on of course in the UK government that was a large UK um, orientated conference and the almighty mess um, I mean in fact as we're recording this it's just been announced the the Chancellor the Chief Finance Minister of the UK has just 
got the sack um so this is an ongoing issue um and and really for our sector the biggest issue i would suggest is actually the interest rate rises and we're coming out of a period where we've had these ultra low rates um which is actually the aberration the aberration is not where we're going it's where we've been we're going back to something like a normalized level of interest rates um despite some hyperventilating in the press i really don't see us getting much above five percent in terms of base rates in the uk at least um um if we even get to that level uh so that you know we were at five and a half percent in 2007 in terms of base rates so it's it's uh back to the future in in terms of what's going on here um now that all said um it does create dislocation when you have this level of uh leap um in interest rates and certainly the um mess that occurred in uh, the UK markets because of the absolutely awful messaging by um, the politicians in terms of what they're up to um, that's created uh, uh, that we saw just how much turmoil that creates um, and to be fair I, I don't think it's just the politicians that's not to excuse them if they hadn't been so um, inept we wouldn't be in anywhere near as big a mess as we are um, but certainly I think the Bank of England has culpability here and um, you know the, the joke that's been doing the rounds is it's been a kamikaze budget but I, i'd also suggest we've got an element of bonkers bailey and that's uh, andrew bailey the governor of the bank of england because the day before the mini budget on the september the 23rd was announced um a mini budget which um was announcing the government was going to need about 75 billion uh, pounds for handouts um, two-thirds of which to be fair was the energy price cap which was very heavily trailed most of the rest was already was already trailed tax cuts or rather um, the axing of planned tax increases um, so you had this 75 billion which in the headlines unfunded tax cuts while unfunded handouts because everybody was whinging about the cost of living crisis I would suggest is perhaps a more accurate description but at the same time this was going on um, well the day before this was formally announced Andrew Bailey um, put out an announcement saying he was going to be selling off in the next year 80 billion of UK government bonds or guilts um so you had you know this huge flood of um government paper coming into the market and you know i don't know whether they skipped these are all so brainy these people in the treasury they skipped the sort of early economics courses that i um, turned up to but whenever you have a flood of product that tends to create one thing in in terms of price and that's it heading down and certainly what happened was um the prices fell for uk government debt which led to the yields rising hugely um to enable them to be sold um and this spiral was only stopped when the the bank of england said oh, oops um we won't actually be uh, uh selling government bonds we're going to be buying some more and doing some more quantitative easing rather than the quantitative tightening they were doing so we you know th this abrupt u-turn there sort of saved the day for things and we seem to be heading into a, a bit of a u-turn on on tax as well already gone is the 45p tax uh, band um, cut um, worth less than two billion and 
could well have paid for itself actually with with actually higher rate taxpayers um declaring more of their income um you know that, that it never meant a hill of beans anyway given the government raises about 900 billion a year in tax so 2 billion and 900 billion is not a market moving number i'd suggest um, um and equally some of the other changes we've we, we, we're seeing aren't that big either but it's sentiment it's how it looks and it all of this the look and the sentiment was very negative indeed um i would suggest um be careful um if you're a overseas listener to this podcast and sort of having a quiet chuckle about how inept um you know the situation is in the uk certainly laugh at our um, political and financial leaders they have indeed been useless <laughs> um but um i i think there's a rate shock coming um across all of Europe actually as things start there is going to cause dislocation and wobbles um, and perhaps that leads us neatly into the next item Chris well possibly just just possibly so we're next going to talk about uh, what's going on in the the deal landscape where there does seem to be uh, certainly some movement we'll wait for the agents and the uh, commentators to add the numbers up for the for the, the current quarter but uh, some interesting uh, deals have caught our eye in the last uh, week or two and also decent size outfits are planning a bigger push into the hotel space one of these interestingly is a dutch property company called redevco who have traditionally not been near hotels they've been more in, uh, into retail and and some residential but they're launching a uh, fund to get into um, hotels in in urban centers across europe uh, they reckon they they ultimately might be able to get into uh, a sort of uh, investment of around five to seven hundred million euros um, and they're looking for spaces which they think they can convert into hotels as well as pure hotel investments so uh, that's one uh, big pot on the way uh, the other one is coming from um, ICG real estate who are teeing up with uh, ProInvest, the uh, the Australian uh, hotel specialists, and again they're looking for stuff. Um, they reckon they're going to go particularly into the UK market, looking for uh, hotels which they can acquire and reposition. Um, this comes a alongside news of various individual deals. We've got Pandox once more getting moving. They recently bought the DoubleTree Hotel in Bath uh, from Starwood Capital. And also in France, a very active um, Eternam, uh, who's just acquired a Marriott property in Paris, which they're going to upgrade. Um, they're doing club deals, which allow smaller investors to get uh, direct exposure into hotels, but they've done 13 acquisitions so far this year. So there are those out there with the confidence that the hotel marketplace is a good place to be, and they've got the firepower to get into it, despite all the worries about finance costs over the next months yeah i mean i guess the big question mark at the moment in terms of deals and I, I mean i think um we're quite positive in our report here i think what we headlined deals start to build um uh, what i'm hearing more on the sidelines is that deals are stalling wow. um and i think there's a bit of price discovery going on and people are getting very jumpy indeed in terms of uh, whether they are you know things are priced properly um and of course the question is here you know what happens when your cost of debt goes up which it undoubtedly is um you know in 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 percentage terms up is going up hugely because you know if you're coming off very very 
low base rates you can double triple quadruple them quite easily and uh, similarly your cost of debt shoots up um, now all other things being equal higher cost of debt would lead to lower prices but things aren't all equal and there's lots and lots of different moving parts right now which is a little tricky to untangle to say the least now um looking at you know what we're seeing so cbre um, publish a monthly table of yields uh, across different real estate sectors in the uk um, and what that the latest issue of this monthly um, showed which was sort of early-ish october um, after the um, september mini budget late september mini budget um, had um, had its um, unfortunate <laughs> effects um, what what we see is actually yields are going uh are going up so 25 to 50 basis points typically um or at least certainly coming under um quite a bit of pressure um so just as a couple of numbers in there um so prime regional management contract hotels um um, going up 50 bips to 8.25% in October 2022. Um, corporate pubs going up 50 bips as well. London is a bit more resilient than regional UK, but uh, even leased prime lease hotels in London went up 10 bips to 3.85%, according to the, the table CBRE put put out um so uh, you know i think uh you know cbre said uh the mini budget of uh, the 23rd of september had caused and i quote stress in bond markets with repercussions for property still unfolding um undoubtedly the case now um i think what you're not going to find a brokerage like cbre saying is um prices are going to be falling but that is exactly what an independent consultancy green street did say um, they said we are going to see price corrections coming through um i, I don't think it's going to be it's, it's not simply a case of you know how much of the cost of debt go up well f you, you can adjust the prices accordingly i think it's going to be more complex than that but there's probably going to be a little bit of that and it's also going to depend a lot on um you know what sort of assets you're dealing with um so it, it's it, it's a tricky tricky situation and again there's lots of other factors playing out here not the least of which is where we're heading economically how bad is it going to be we've got and we've talked about doomsters <laughs> um and boosters um i'm much less of a booster but i'm i'm certainly no longer um you know i i'm certainly not a doomster i'm a, a long way from being a doomster um but uh, i think realistically we're going to have a significant economic slowdown and the imf this week put out its uh, uh forecasts its uh, um world economic outlet report um, outlook report and it said uh, global growth is going to shrink to 2.7 percent next year against what it's expecting to be 3.2 percent this year now the imf i thought was actually remarkably uh, um, positive about the uk um, it's saying the uk is going to be growing 3.6 percent this year and slowing well it's pretty negative for next year uh 0.3 percent but then it says the eurozone is going to be 0.5 percent um next year with germany going into negative territory um i know um in a week or two we're going to be talking 
a bit about Germany, um, but it certainly seems to be the, the economy in the most trouble at the moment um, in Europe, um, which is interesting thing to weigh up, I think, for investors. Um, but uh, the other the, the positive side i think we've repeatedly said the weight of money that's out there is going to be uh holding up um prices um a different cbre report um actually from the us um it looked at uh, data um from a specialist in private markets and uh, um, it still remains that there's a huge amount of dry powder sitting on the sidelines waiting to deploy in uh, real estate and this is is undoubtedly going to be you know a, a, a factor holding up prices um, but net net I think the effects do look like we're going to have some form of price correction if the wheels do come off the economy as the some of the doomsers are suggesting that price correction is going to be quite dramatic um i think on the whole that i would put the higher weighting into a very much more modest price correction now according to green street they do a us index of different uh, asset classes in real estate um, and that, this shows that hotels in the us are three percent above pre-covid lockdown values offices are still nine percent down on those pre-covid values industrial is up a whopping 39 percent and mal's shopping centers in um, english um, are down 17 percent um, all property is up eight percent so hotels actually lagging all property there which is interesting um, and green street concludes how far property prices will drop depends on whether the rise in interest rates sticks and how weak economic growth gets um, these are the things which are going to determine where we're going to be over the next uh, six months or so um, in terms of my sense of uh, where we are right now well i think we're going to slow down um, we're going to see um, difficulty sort of getting deals over the line for the next few months but i my expectation is that we're going to rebound quite strongly sort of but the latest by Easter next now year. Now we're starting to see a bit of a shakeout uh, in the European market for the third party operators. Uh, some of them had uh, rather tough times during the pandemic. So we're seeing uh, one or two marriages taking place, uh, but also suggestions that perhaps the big brand groups are looking to reduce their uh, direct involvement in managing properties and that presents some opportunities for the third-party operators to grow their portfolios. Um, Ainbridge, which uh, for a while now has owned Interstate as its European arm, has uh, indicated the direction it wishes to travel by rebranding, losing the Interstate name and rebranding inter its Interstate division as uh, Ainbridge EMEA, looking for uh, more business not just in Europe but perhaps across the Middle East and Africa as well. Um, and in uh, German, a deal where um, the Dutch asset manager and operator Borealis has has bought a German uh, hotel operator Beerworth Inclus, B and K. Um, so there are consolidation moves happening. Um, that latter that latter deal involving more private equity funding um, coming into the market. Sycas, who of course are also well established in Europe, continuing to grow. And uh, also, uh, if you have a little bit of a look around, 
There's also the Dutch group Odyssey. They're growing quite quickly. They were acquired in early 2021 by uh, the investor Activum SG, who are no slouch in spotting opportunities to uh, get into different parts of the property space and very active um, in buying uh, and refurbishing and repositioning hotels and then selling them on. But uh, they've grown uh, the Odyssey portfolio from 12 uh, hotels in early 2021 to well they've doubled it now to 24 so um, interesting times as the third party operators stake out the ground yeah and I think this also links back to what we've just been talking about in terms of what's going to be happening in the nature of the deal market um, so there is some the doomsters would have that we are heading back into a repeat of the 1990s where we're going to have market meltdown and everything flogged off dirt cheap prices um keep your powder dry and buy dirt cheap and then sell again buy low sell high kind of thing i really just don't see that playing out and i think the majority of people don't see that playing out what in terms of the nature of the deals that are going to get done they, they're going to be revolve around repositioning of assets um, and here what matters is who are your um, operating partners I mean also who your brand partners are as well but from an investor perspective you've got to get that right and we're talking specifically about operators as here and they um, are going to be more and more critical also we've got a period now we've been hyperventilating about uh, utility costs which are now coming down I, I believe we suggested that that was likely to happen Chris <laughs> on this podcast um, um, and um, the, the bit that was far bigger and more important which we said um, pre, you know a few weeks ago um, um, and really matters is staff costs and it is this wage costs which is going to be the big challenge going forward and it is here where it's going to be critical that you that you've got going to have an operating partner that knows what they're doing and I think you touch on Ambridge um, doing some slick things in terms of how they're managing the the recruitment and staffing issues I think I think and, and, and all of this matters actually and if people want to find about that they they need to go and um, subscribe and read um, but all of this stuff having effective and efficient um, um, operating partners really matters and I think is is only going to matter more as we get into this as investors particularly um, uh, investors who are looking for a relatively short hold period they're where they're going in they're going to have to do heavy lifting this time around it's no good just sitting there um, on their hands and letting whoever they like run it they're going to have to go in reposition assets work with the operating company work with the brand co they're bringing in um, to deliver the um, the change necessary to uplift their investment um, and get the appropriate level of return they're seeking this is tougher and you know you, you you've got to have an operator that knows what they're doing so it's you know if the 1990s were characterized by financial engineering um it is operational ability i think which is going to be uh, the critical bit as we um begin sort of into this next period and now it's time for our five star and no star awards of the week and uh, five stars for a good news story in uh, beirut in the lebanon uh, for the reopening of the Phoenicia Hotel, which is a, a bit of a landmark property in the city and of course was, was damaged during that dreadful explosion that took place uh, in 2020.
yeah it just shows that i mean this this intercon um that has come back on stream just shows how resilient our sector is and how important our sector is actually in terms of you know marking the return to normality for um a, you know a troubled area like um lebanon um and it, it is indeed you know great five stars that uh, as always i think hospitality is in the forefront of this you know hospitality is in the forefront of if you go and look at uh, when um uh, countries are opened up and regions are opened up in terms of you know wider economic development the first people in there are usually the hoteliers because the you know whether you're an aid worker or whether you're you know, you know you're a government ngo going in there you need somewhere decent to stay and that's facilitated by what uh, um, our sector does and to get the the broader investor base in there as well you've got to have that you, you've, you've got to be able to provide them accommodation for when they're doing their site visits and so it's critical to get that um, and I think it's great to see that uh, this this grand dam um, is back in and action. it's no stars for a, a spat that's going on behind the scenes uh at uh, the Maybourne Hotel Group uh, in London. So uh, the, the, the group has a number of luxury properties, including Claridge's, which has recently opened after a massive uh, refurbishment and expansion. Uh, the place is getting rave reviews. But uh, behind the scenes, we have got a dispute between the Middle Eastern owners and uh, the business of Paddy McKillen, who was uh, responsible for uh, masterminding much of the upgrade work at, at Claridge's. And as usual, it appears uh, the lawyers are probably going to be the only people who win out of this argument, unless the pair can actually sit down and uh, repair their differences in a less legalistic way. Yeah, so some grand dam again. Actually, well, three grand dams um, here in London, and it's a sad and sorry tale actually um but yeah you're right um i had um coffee there the other day and it is indeed lovely in and on that salutary note we'll say goodbye for now